0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. And today we're continuing our discussion on the Holy Spirit, part two. You know, the landscape surrounding career hunting has markedly changed in the past few years. Old school required a formal cover letter accompanied by a resume targeted to the type of position that a job seeker was vying for and now with social media platforms and remote access many companies recruiters and candidates are discerning how they'll select which method to utilize to achieve their desired results it no longer comes down to the skill level or merely just the educational level of the applicant and the apostle paul shares with us in 2 corinthians chapter 3 verses 3-6 through Clearly, you are a letter from Christ prepared by us. It is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It's carved not on stone, but on human hearts. We're confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we can do anything of lasting value by ourselves. Our only power and success comes from God. He is the one who has enabled us to represent his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old way ends in death. In the new way, the Holy Spirit gives life. There is no human being who's able to take credit for a person's conversion. This comes as a direct result of being spirit enabled through God's gift to believers. In the natural, our talent, skills, abilities can only take us so far. But when we join and enter into agreement with the Holy Spirit, our next chapter becomes amazing. God provides us with strength and character for any challenge we may face. We discussed on yesterday's podcast the law and how it equated to death, but through Jesus we now have eternal life. And this new covenant ushered in the Holy Spirit for all believers. You may be wondering if the law or the 10 commandments hold any relevance for us in today's day and age. The answer is a resounding yes. The law, think back to stone tablets, Moses, pointed out sin and taught us how to obey God. But it's only through Jesus that we can find forgiveness kindness grace and mercy in the book of jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 it says this but this is the new covenant i will make with the people of israel on that day says the lord i will put my laws in their mind and i will write them on their hearts i will be their god and they will be my people this old covenant or law has been broken by the people you see if one of the ten commandments was broken then all were considered to have been broken and the prophet jeremiah looked forward to the time when jesus would come to establish the new covenant but for us this new covenant was ushered into effect with jesus and now we're able to make a fresh start and embark on establishing a personal relationship with god Allow me, though, to pause here and fill in a historical gap that's often taken out of context and applied to present day. The prophet Jeremiah wrote a letter to the Israelites who were exiled in Babylon for 70 years. And in this letter, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope this verse is packed full of promises and encouragement when people believe in us and our abilities we're able to achieve forward momentum now take a moment and imagine god saying these encouraging words to you how do they penetrate your heart do they touch deep within you where the holy spirit resides god is a tried and true leader he knows the beginning from the end he knows the future He's omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. And he's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at one time. God provides us with the agenda according to his will and then comes alongside of us to fulfill the mission. And this verse alone gives us boundless and unending hope as we strive to bring glory to the Lord. An argument has been made that this specific verse was written solely for the captives of the 70-year exile. But one thing is for sure, anyone who knows Jesus knows that these words are as applicable to his children today as they were back then. So a quick backstory and the reason for the pause was to remind you that the times we find ourselves living in today are not that different from Jeremiah's day. While God no longer needs to speak through prophets, He does speak through the still small voice within each of us known as the Holy Spirit. God speaking through Jeremiah said, Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There's a difference between chaff and wheat. And the chaff and wheat represent false prophets versus the true prophets. Chaff or the false prophets were useless for food and could not compare to the nourishment of wheat. And sharing the word of God is a tremendous responsibility, one that I do not take lightly. The very presentation of the message encourages others to either accept or reject it. Jesus's brother James was instrumental in the early church after Jesus had been resurrected. We learn in James chapter 3 verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged by God with greater strictness. And in the Jewish culture, teaching was upheld as a noble profession. Many of the Jews who embraced Christianity aspired to the status of teacher. Their words and example affected the spiritual lives of others. And this is still true today. The word is infallible, inerrible living, breathing, God-inspired document that gives us the truth. And we know the truth as being Jesus himself and the teachings of the Holy Spirit. So whether we preach from a pulpit, an online platform to a neighbor or a family member, we have a grave responsibility to always serve and protect the word of God. This is what Jeremiah was facing. Nebuchadnezzar was the king over Babylon. He had already removed many important people from Jerusalem, including the prophets Daniel and Ezekiel. Although both were captives, they still wielded profound influence on the exiles and leaders in Babylon. And Babylon is mentioned in the Bible Bible, several hundred times and never in a positive light, as opposed to Jerusalem, which is God's chosen city. And for 23 consecutive years, the Lord gave the prophet Jeremiah a message for the people. Faithfully, he passed along each message, but the people all failed to listen. And here was what the message said. Turn from the evil things you're doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever. Do not make me angry by worshiping idols you've made. Then I will not harm you. Jeremiah was relentless in his preaching of the message to the people. Twenty-three years of rejection is a tough road to plow, but Scripture promises in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Here we have an example of how we too can do the same for the Lord and not forsake Him. People's response to us when we share God's word does not matter. We're to remain faithful, like Jeremiah, and witness when we have the opportunity. The Lord instructed Jeremiah to stand out in front of the temple and make an announcement, giving the people his entire message, including every word from the Lord. The Lord said, Perhaps they will listen and turn from their evil ways. Then I will be able to withhold the disaster I'm ready to pour out on them because of their sins. Friends, can you see how much God loves you and loves me? He was looking for a way to be merciful, and yet he must also be just when his children continue to act in rebellion toward him and his word. So why did God need to remind Jeremiah to speak all of his message, every single word? Well, like you and like me, Jeremiah too was human, and reasoning would suggest a few key words. Phrases or sentences left out would lessen the sting and likelihood of his audience turning against the messenger. This would lessen a potentially harsh message. And it's been said, hate the message, not the messenger, or we're to be hard on the message, but soft on the messenger. Well, in following Jeremiah's example, we must never ignore or exclude important parts of God's word to please people. So what was the Lord's message anyway? He said, if the people will not listen to me and obey the law I've given you, and if you will not listen to my servants, the prophets, for I sent them again and again to warn you, but you would not listen to them, then I will destroy this temple. Notice the distinction of if and then correlation. This is a warning coupled with the consequence for not complying. Let me read that to you one more time with that distinction. If the people will not listen to me and obey the law I've given you, and if you will not listen to my servants, the prophets, for I sent them again and again to warn you, but you would not listen to them, then I will destroy this temple. The people gathered around mobbing Jeremiah and shouted, Kill him! why you ask well let's explore that now here's why the temple had become an idol for the people and that their reverence of it brought them perceived power and when jeremiah said that the temple would be destroyed it undermined the people's authority We would see history repeat itself when Jesus also spoke of the destruction of the rebuilt temple in Matthew chapter 24 verse 2. This would come to pass only a mere 40 years after Jesus' prediction when the Romans would clobber Jerusalem. Now the prophet Jeremiah would wear the label of traitor given him by the people. Unfortunately, there was a remnant of courageous people who advocated to fight Babylon, retaining the people's independence from exile. And because of this, the officials concluded Jeremiah didn't deserve the death sentence now we know the hand of god was upon him and at work here at this very same time another prophet was prophesying for the lord and he predicted the same terrible disaster against the city and nation as jeremiah did he was taken prisoner and killed with a sword and was buried in an unmarked grave is it possible he left out some of the lord's words when speaking to the people We don't really know. All we know is that the spirit of the Lord showed favor to Jeremiah. And God was good for his word. He punished the people of Judah. This was the southern portion of Jerusalem. And these peoples became exiles of Babylon. God knew these exiles would have hearts that would respond to him. We're told in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their hearts of stone and give them tender hearts. The people would be unified with a singleness of purpose now. God was saying he would take the hardened, deaf, defiant, stony heart, and make it tender, responsive, and receptive. This is the Holy Spirit's work. Through the Holy Spirit, we have new motives, new work, new purpose, and right desires. Transformation and empowerment come through the Spirit of God, also known as the Holy Spirit. And imagine, if you will, your car for a moment. What if one tire consistently leaked air? One option would be to patch it, but over time it may leak again. It's the same with our spiritual life. It's better to have a new spiritual life than attempt to patch up the old one, which of course can never be achieved. And some of the people in Judah fled to Egypt or simply stayed behind rather than being exiled. These people acted in defiance and arrogance, believing they would somehow be blessed. Yet the opposite proved to be true. God used the 70 years of captivity to refine these peoples. Many people wrongly assume when life is progressing along free from troubles, they're being blessed. This is not always the case. God uses trouble to strengthen us in Him. How you may ask? Through the gifting of the Holy Spirit. When prosperity entices us away from God, we're indeed under a curse and not a blessing. And although God was angry with the people, moving them into captivity for 70 years, we learn how his ways are just not our ways. He used a foreign nation to judge his chosen people. However, captivity did not mean enslavement. The people were encouraged to build homes and function in business. And like in the book of Daniel, some of these people held high positions within the government. And now we come full circle to the letter that Jeremiah wrote the exiles. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 8, we read, The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Do not let the prophets and mediums who are there in Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they prophesy lies in my name. I've not sent them, says the Lord. And because Jeremiah spoke the truth and was very unpopular among the people, he was dubbed the weeping prophet. And the false prophets spoke lies to the people as they were full of deceit, false comfort, false compassion, but the people found them to be charming and even caring. And like Jeremiah, has anyone attempted to discredit you? Perhaps bear false witness against you? Well, you're not alone. Jeremiah's people simply hated him for suggesting to make the most of their 70-year exile. This was temporary correction for a sin-filled group of people over the long term. Yet people who wanted to listen to false witnesses only achieved temporary comfort amidst long-term punishment. And Jeremiah condemned a false prophet by saying to him, in chapter 28, verses 8 and 9 of Jeremiah, The ancient prophets who preceded you and me spoke against many nations, always warning of war, famine, and disease. So a prophet who predicts peace must carry the burden of proof. Only when his predictions come true can it be known that he is really from the Lord. God continues to amaze me. Even in his righteous, holy anger, the people of Judah are exiled for 70 years, but God doesn't end there. He makes sure they're cared for in a similar fashion to the Israelites who were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And after the 70 years, he makes it known that he had not forgotten his people we know that time is not linear in god's economy he planned to give the exiles a new beginning with a new purpose and sometimes we too feel like we've been exiled to a private remote island all alone and completely forgotten about that's the enemy in between our ears the truth is god loves you and he loves me and he's busy preparing us to be useful within his kingdom And God also said in his word that he would punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins. He would make the country of the Babylonians an everlasting wasteland. I'll bring upon them all the terrors I've promised in this book. All the penalties announced by Jeremiah against the nations. Many nations and great kings will enslave the Babylonians just as they enslaved my people. I'll punish them in proportion to the suffering they cause my people. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, it has this to say about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. We're dead to sin, meaning we no longer regard our old sinful nature. Because of our union and our identification with Christ, our old ways are no longer of interest or intent. We have new desires, new goals. We're living for the glorification of God, and the Holy Spirit helps us to achieve this. And now, are you ready for a plot twist? We learned in the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, verses 16 to 22, this. Come closer and listen. I've already told you plainly what would happen so you would have no trouble understanding. And now the Sovereign Lord and His Spirit have sent me with this message. The Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good and leads you along the paths you should follow. Oh, that you would listen to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling like waves. Then you would have become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. There would have been no need for your destruction. Yet even now, be free from your captivity. Leave Babylon and the Babylonians singing as you go. Shout to the ends of the earth that the Lord has redeemed his servants, the people of Israel. They were not thirsty when he led them through the desert. He divided the rock and water gushed out for them to drink. But there's no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. And according to Isaiah the prophet, he would have the spirit of the Lord upon him who impressed Within him, a prophecy that would occur 200 years later. This prediction was of the Lord choosing the pagan king Cyrus to issue the exile's freedom decree from Babylon. This allowed all Jews to return to their homeland. And this shows how God can use anyone, even our enemies, to complete his purpose and will. The captives would leave Babylon shouting for joy, the same way that their ancestors did as they crossed the Red Sea, free from bondage at last. So today we've revealed just how much the Spirit of the Lord predicts and reveals what's been in God's mind for all of time. I'm going to leave you with the truth from Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. It says, Search the book of the Lord and see what he will do. He will not miss a single detail. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing, and none will lack a mate. For the Lord has promised this, his spirit will make it all come true. So friends, stay tuned tomorrow for the conclusion of my message on the Holy Spirit part three. And as I mentioned yesterday, I have a very special guest who will be joining in on the conversation in just a few short days. And I hope you'll join us as well. And as always, friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus. Repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. Also, get into a good Bible-based church so you can surround yourself with fellow believers. And let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made. Congratulations. Amen. And as you go out into the world, remember the priestly blessing from Numbers chapter six, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen.